First, I'll start with a little apologetics. So often, uh, we as Catholics are accused of not listening or following scripture, and especially when it comes to the sacraments, this is by our evangelical brothers and sisters, um, and they want, where is it in the scriptures? And there's three sacraments in particular that I know that they question the Eucharist, take, eat, this is my body, and you can't get any more scriptural than that. Uh, the sacrament of reconciliation, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained, pretty obvious, but especially the anointing of the sick. And today we have that mentioned that they anointed many with oil, many who were sick and cured them. We also hear it in the letter of St. James. Now, uh, they may say, well, you know, Luther almost threw out the letter of St. James. Well, that may be true, but it's still canonical. Uh, are there any who are sick among you? Let them send for the priests of the church and let the priests pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick persons. I prayed it a few times, you could probably tell, because it is as a reminder in the very right of anointing of the sick. That being the case, though, we hear of Jesus sending the twelve, sending them out by, two by two. They never go alone. And part may be to, to uh, be a mutual support to each other. Part may be because one will say something that the other doesn't. Maybe one has a way of, of reaching out to somebody that the other doesn't. And so between the two of them, hopefully they would reach people. So he instructs them to go out two by two to proclaim the good news, to, rep to proclaim repentance. Now, repentance isn't always, I'm living a bad life and need to lead a better one, but I'm leading a good life and need to lead a better one. To, to embrace the faith a little bit more fully, a little bit more deeply, and especially as Jews, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one that God the Father has sent into the world to redeem it to turn to Christ a little bit more fully, a little bit more completely. That's what repentance is, and that's what they're called to do, to prepare the way for Jesus, as Jesus would go from village to village, that they would have already heard a little bit about Jesus, would have experienced maybe some healing, maybe, maybe something, that when Jesus came, came into their village, he would be able to complete what was begun. And Jesus tells them, though they are to take nothing for the journey, I find it ironic that we always have this about the week after all the priest moves in our diocese. I shouldn't say we always, it's every three years we have this particular passage. It's about that point that I curse myself because I realize how much stuff I have. Uh, and I remove, I think I lift everything I own at least three times. Once to put it in the box, once to lift the box into the truck, and once to lift it out of the box and put it where it's going to belong. After all that, there's a reason I have a few muscles or that I'm sore. You, you make the decision. And even though I think I have so little, I have way too much. I would violate this passage every time. But Jesus is not necessarily saying when you move to a new city, don't take anything with you. But when you're proclaiming the gospel, don't take anything with you. Don't take food, sack, money in our belts. Why? I think he wants us to be dependent upon the people we are proclaiming the gospel to. And the other day I heard, a few weeks ago actually, I heard a story of a mother who would send her son over to the neighbor's house to borrow a little bit of salt. 
And he, he came home and he said, well, you know, Mom, we have plenty of salt. Why do you send me over to get salt every once in a while? Well, I know the neighbors don't have a whole lot, but I know they could afford salt. And so I send, them, send you over to afford salt or to, to borrow salt. So when they come over, they don't feel as embarrassed. I think proclaiming the gospel is something like that. That when we proclaim the gospel, to have others reach out in generosity is a good thing. And, and to sh- say I'm dependent, but even more so, to be dependent upon God. And maybe, I'll get, uh, come back to it, uh, but uh, maybe to, to take a look at today's second reading. Sometimes we forget how much God does for us. Sometimes we forget who we are. And today in this, this second reading, Ephesians 3, or 1, 3 through 14, I encourage everyone to go home and read it again, or, or as a communion reflection, to read it again, because it is beautiful. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. That every is not just a few, it's not just some, it's every spiritual blessing, everything. God has given you, as an individual, everything you need. Do we really believe that? And those who are reliant completely upon him realize this, that God has given them everything to be a little bit more reliant. I think part of the other reason Jesus, back to the gospel, tells us to take nothing with is because he's reminding us that we have to travel lightly. So often, we might, uh, we might look at this as a literal thing when we're sent out. And I think, I think more spiritually, when, when Christ calls us to proclaim the gospel to someone, and he calls each of us, each in our own way, to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the love of Jesus Christ, that we have been given all these spiritual gifts, those who come to him, that God has chosen us and destined us to live in him, when we proclaim that, so often we take so much of ourselves with that we're bogged down with all the stuff of our life. Oh no, we just have to proclaim the gospel. And that's all we really need to take with us is Jesus Christ to proclaim him. But it even gets even better. If there's a town that does not accept you, Jesus says to the, the twelve, take your sandals off your feet and shake the dust off of them. If you remember back if, uh, a few years, George W. Bush was in Iraq and, and someone, I think it was a reporter, took off his shoe and threw it at, at the president. And the newscasters got on and they said, well, in this culture, this is very insulting. I can't name a culture in which throwing a shoe at somebody is a great, great uh, award or prize or something to be praised. But especially in, in the Middle East culture, the culture that Jesus uh, lived in, to even sit with the soles of your feet showing was an insult. To take off your shoes and to shake them at someone was an insult. And if you remember the Holy Thursday, we hear of Jesus Christ taking off his outer cloak and stooping and washing the feet of the disciples and Peter especially objects, no Lord, no Lord, you shall not wash my feet. Not even a, even a slave was required to wash his or her master's feet. 
this is a huge insult. But even more so, to shake the dust off your shoes, not just to show your shoes, but shake the dust off. That we're to travel so lightly that we don't even take the dust of that town with us. I don't know about you, but that's hard to do sometimes. Oh, we, we take insults and we carry them with us the rest of our lives. And I think Jesus is saying, shake it off. I'm not referring to the new pop song or whatever, but we, we are called to shake it off. To shake off the dust, to not even carry the dust with us. Because sometimes when all that stuff, when we try to carry it with us, it bogs us down for the gospel. They're not rejecting us if we proclaim the gospel. They're rejecting the gospel. And we go shaking the dust off our feet, but go praying for them that someone else might come along and proclaim the gospel to them. To travel so lightly that we don't even take the dust of our rejection with us. And back to today's second reading. And this is the gospel in a nutshell. The God has chosen us. You can't consider yourself anything less than loved if you read that second reading again. The God has chosen us. And he gives us, he reminds us, St. Paul does, of who we really are and why we exist. Oh, I know the Baltimore Catechism. Why did God create us? to know, love, and serve him in this life and to be with him for all eternity. That's a wonderful explanation. But today, we, in this passage, we have, we exist for the praise of his glory. St. Irenaeus, thinking about this in about 110, if I remember right, tells us the glory of God is man fully alive. Or some translations, the glory of God is life in man. That when we're alive, we give glory to God. That God has chosen us. He's chosen us to exist, first of all. But chosen, chosen us to love. That he pours his love on us. Gives us every spiritual gift in the heavens. And while we take very little with us, that we are called to travel lightly in the spiritual life, these gifts are overwhelming. If we really realize what God has given to us. That Jesus, in Jesus Christ, he's given us salvation. In Jesus Christ, he's given, given us an identity. In Jesus Christ, he's given us eternity. We take those things, and while we travel lightly, may we not take these gifts so lightly. May we understand their true worth. As St. Paul would say later elsewhere, this is a great weight of glory that we carry. A great weight of glory. And that's, in the end, all that matters.